I'm more excited to be talking to you about task management. You are going to love it. We have to accept that tech is coming into the world and we have to prepare our, our pupils for the real world. This method is really a game-changing way of invigilating, to be honest. Welcome to the Surpass Community Podcast. Hello and welcome to a special Surpass Community Podcast. I'm your host for today, Ben Brady. This episode features a recording of a presentation given at the SPAS conference earlier this year, uh, October 2020. This episode today features a recording of the presentation given by Dave Miller, the Deputy Director of Assessment at Alpha Plus Consultancy. The full presentation is available at conference.surpass.com and we would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, so once you've listened to the podcast, please become a part of the SPAS community by joining us for future digital events and subscribing to the mailing list at surpass.com slash signup. Finally, we would like to thank all of our contributors for the conference. It has been an absolutely amazing conference. We've had some wonderful feedback this year. Uh, in the interest of transparency, presentations are created independently by our speakers, and as such, the views expressed by speakers do not necessarily reflect those of BTL Group Limited or the Surpass team. So just to clarify, um, this is the audio taken from the original presentation at the conference. We've put it into podcast format because we know that a lot of you find this more accessible and have more chance to listen at home. If you do have any questions or would like to see slides, then again, they can be seen at conference.surpass.com. But I will now hand over to our speaker. Hi, my name is Dave Meller. I'm Deputy Director of Assessment at Alpha Plus. And I'm delighted to be able to talk to you today a little bit about uh, the experiences of assessment from this summer. Uh, there's kind of two questions I want to address. The first question is um, how globally um, have different school assessment models been impacted um, during the pandemic? Um, and there's basically been two different uh, approaches taken globally to dealing with the problems of the pandemic. Um, and I'll illustrate those with uh, some examples from different countries. Obviously, the Northern Hemisphere has been much more affected just because of the timing of examinations and assessments. Um, and Southern Hemisphere much less affected. Uh, but the two different approaches that have been taken in the Northern Hemisphere are either to cancel the assessments completely, as happened in the UK, or to have adapted the assessments in some way, shape or form. Um, and there's uh, some variations in approach that have been taken there. So the, the cancellation of assessments, I'm going to look at um, what happened in the Republic of Ireland and also what happened in France. Uh, for the adaption of assessments, um, I'm going to look at two examples. The first is Spain and the last is the US. So cancellation of assessments, what happened in uh, the Republic of Ireland? The initial announcement from the government was that the uh, assessments there would be delayed, um, but it became clear as the pandemic progressed that uh, that wasn't going to be possible in the government's eyes, and they decided instead to uh, cancel the assessments and to calculate uh, grades for the students. 
So the calculation of uh, those grades initially was designed to follow a model very similar to that of the UK. So using um, candidates' prior attainment, um, this is for 18-year-olds leaving school, so using um, their prior attainment from uh, younger ages to calculate a grade based not only on um, their previous academic achievement, but also based on the estimates from teachers and also from uh, using a value-add score from the schools uh, that they attended. Um, the results for the uh, assessments or the results for the summer were delayed um, and weren't issued until the 7th of September. And in fact, uh, just a couple of weeks before the results were issued, the government decided that they were going to change the way that the results were calculated in the light of the concerns and problems that were identified um, in England uh, and the rest of the UK. The Irish government decided not to use the centre value add score um, as part of the calculation. So pupils' grades were based on the centre's estimated grades and then an adjustment that was applied uh, dependent on their prior attainment. Uh, results were issued and there were some fairly significant challenges um, with numbers of students demonstrating because they could see that 17% of students were adjusted um, from the centre estimates uh, and those adjustments were downwards and another 4% of students were adjusted upwards um, in terms of their grades that they achieved. There was less of the sort of problems that you saw in the UK with claims of um, postcode lottery and so on, um, but there was uh, a lot of disquiet and large numbers of students. Um, it's about 33,000 uh, student test grades have been uh, challenged through the appeals process. Even with the adjustments that were applied, those grades weren't brought into line with previous year's results. They were, um, the Irish government decided to, uh, that fairness for this year's cohort was um, uh, the primary driver. And, and that has caused some challenges because there's uh, a significant increase in uh, the grades obtained uh, in Ireland for school leavers. This then causes problems because there's uh, about uh, 10,000 students from previous years who have applied for university places where they have uh, previous year's results that aren't the same standard exactly as this year's results. So there are some challenges around that. And what it's led to is the Irish government increasing the number of university places um, for students to study. So whilst there wasn't the, the big um, press furore that there was in uh, the UK, there were still some challenges with cancelling the examinations and any fair mechanism is going to be difficult to implement uh, when you have no assessment evidence to base it on. So quite similar to the approach taken by England, uh, 
and one that is not typical um, of the approaches taken globally. Uh, more uh, countries chose to follow different routes than to fully cancel the examinations, uh, particularly when the exams are terminal exams. So France is another country that chose to cancel the examinations. Um, their system uh, for the baccalaureate uh, is different. There is a degree of continuous assessment attached to the baccalaureate. And whilst the examinations make up the majority of the assessment, there is at least some prior assessment. Um, also, the specification or the syllabus is much more tightly controlled as is how it's taught and it's much more centralized. Uh, so they have a, a larger set of evidence that they can draw from for uh, deciding how the students have performed. The uh, approach taken uh, by France was therefore to use that evidence and to hold regional juries. And these juries um, uh, looked at uh, the evidence from the schools and the grades that the teachers estimated to see whether or not the, um, the grades were realistic for the students. They looked at the previous uh, assessment evidence, school um, assessment books with all the marks recorded on it, students' attendance, and also the school prior performance over the last three years to make sure that the assessments looked like they were in line and were feasible. Having said that, again, there was a large, um, about 8% grade inflation uh, through the system, uh, which has caused some press uh, comment, as you can imagine. Um, you know, are these students really that much better this year? Where's the evidence for that? Um, and, and some real uh, challenging stories in the press about the way this has been managed. Um, but that has also led to um, a requirement to increase the number of university places available for students. So they're the two examples of examinations being cancelled and two different uh, approaches with some common themes. The other alternative is adapt the assessment. Um, and that's either in timing, which is what Spain did, or as in the, the US with the advanced placements, they uh, change the format of the assessment. So Spain, like a number of other European countries, chose to change the timing of their assessments. So Germany pushed theirs back a little. Um, and they, uh, the, the way it's operated in Spain, instead of a large national examination system uh, with single exam boards or, or a num small number of exam boards, all the assessments are done regionally and it's the universities and the teachers that are intimately involved in setting the standards and the assessments. And they uh, sat the assessments with some small changes. Uh, the sort of challenges they faced in Spain uh, were much more around uh, finding places for the students to sit the exams, not really the venue for the examination itself, but the supporting facilities. So, you know, bathroom facilities and when do you get something to eat between exams and how do you manage people going in and out of the exam hall itself? Um, because a lot of the schools didn't have those sorts of facilities. So they use conference centers and, and others. Um, the uh, results from these uh, seem to be uh, 
in line with previous years approximately. And they turned around very, very quickly, just in 10 days, because it's local marking syndicates with teachers and university academics who do the marking. So it's quite a different approach to that shown in the UK. In the US, the um, advanced placement tests are the university tests that are taken. Um, and they made a decision very early on to move to uh, an on-screen assessment. So they changed their assessment form from three hours to just 45 minutes, which um, I'm not sure what that means for the validity of those assessments, if the three-hour assessment was necessary previously, but it can now be done in 45 minutes. Um, and it will be delivered on any device, anywhere um, for the students. And they could either type it into the device or they could handwrite it and then upload it at the end of the assessment window. The biggest challenge, I think, with this is both accessibility of the devices and a stable internet, but also the ability to upload. There are a lot of technical challenges and problems with students finalizing and completing the assessments. Um, and the reported figures are between one and 2%. And 1% of candidate tests not uploading or, or being completed properly um, equates to about 20,000 student tests. So it's not an insignificant volume. They have a catch-up um, session. So they're um, running catch-up sessions for those students who weren't able to upload. And this allows access to university, but also it counts as credit for courses at universities. So uh, a variety of different approaches taken there. Um, in the US, being the US, there are some lawsuits about the technology failures and the challenges. Um, which are being pursued, and it will be interesting to see um, how that pans out, uh, although the um, defence of the test has been robust by the organisers. So four different ways in which these assessments can be um, dealt with in times of global pandemic. And I guess the big question is whether or not something could be done differently in the UK. Um, and could we have done something more akin to the US this uh, summer? So, you know, would it have been possible to have made a switch to remote forms of delivery for these GCSEs and A-levels, these high stakes exams in England? I guess the technology is there. Um, assessments exist in vocational and other forms that allow students to take examinations and they can take them um, in the classroom, in schools or test centres, or they can take them at home. The challenge with operating uh, for GCSEs and A-levels is in part one of volume. Um, a lot of these exams are relatively large volume. For instance, the GCSE English and Maths is about 700,000 students every summer. Um, and how do you manage access to those examinations? trying to make that change at short notice for students to have the right sort of device test that the device works um, to remotely invigilate uh, large numbers of concurrent tests at any one time would be uh, a pretty difficult thing to do at very short notice so uh, the um, remote invigilation or proctoring as the term is in the US is one which is uh, 
really important for these GCSEs and A-levels. There needs to be assurance that it's the student's own work. There's a lot of direct assessment of recall of knowledge and application of knowledge. And you want to make sure that it's a level playing field for all of the candidates. As an example, if you were trying to remote invigilate, um, say, English GCSE for um, AQA, who are the largest provider of that qualification, that's 550,000 students all sit in the same exam at the same time on the same day. Um, how many invigilators would you need? If it was done electronically, and even a 1% or 2% uh, rate of review would still leave thousands of uh, students' performance that would need to be reviewed to check to make sure there was nothing untoward. That's probably bigger than the system can cope with at the minute, um, particularly given it's not set up to do that. Part of the challenge also is the fact that you would need to prepare all the assessments. The, uh, in the US, there were just 35 subjects um, that were moved on screen. In the UK, um, each of the boards has a whole suite of specifications. Uh, AQA, there's 120 that would all need moving on screen. Other boards have similar, if slightly smaller numbers. Um, that's a huge ask to shift all of those assessments to an on-screen platform. Um, and for that platform to be familiar to the students and for them to be able to use it. So um, some big challenges in just uh, in terms of logistics. Finally, the, the, um, the, the demand for on-screen assessments is one that doesn't really exist in school um, at the moment. There are some... Uh, school assessments that do take place on screen, uh, but it's not something that schools are used to dealing with. What they're used to dealing with is pen and paper uh, examinations. If things go wrong in a pen and paper examination, it's much, much easier to manage and handle. Even if you were doing the assessments on screen, a lot of schools would be nervous about delivering them at scale. So there's a real... Um, hurdle to overcome really not from a technology point of view because the tech exists but for ensuring that there's confidence that it can be delivered uh, readily and that's without even doing it remotely which is what would have been required this summer so uh, confidence by uh, the education system and the professionals um, for introduction of on-screen assessment I don't think would have been there. And I think politically, um, with a small p, it would have been very difficult to uh, persuade the system to adopt on-screen assessment instead of pen and paper for GCSEs this year. So uh, I think in simple terms, the answer of could we have done something different for this summer is probably no. But maybe the question ought to be, what could we do differently for the future that might enable something to be done differently for this summer. I hope that's been a bit of a, uh, an interesting whistle-stop tour of um, some of the issues faced this summer by various jurisdictions and some thoughts about uh, what might have been done differently uh, in England in summer 2020. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. To keep up to date with the latest information from our Surpass community, visit Surpass.com. We'll be back with another podcast soon. Thank you for listening.